Recorded live. Hello, it's Michael Adams of The Truth, One Man's Journey to Find It. It's still June the 5th, 2015. And I know I said I was going to do the, uh, the small reading of the Washington Lap Rome, but I've decided to scratch that. What we're going to do is um, a late report on the fact that uh, the... Uh, U.S. Air Force is admitted to using HARP, and we'll listen to a couple of audios on uh, one on that and another audio on geoengineering. Um, headline news, Yahoo.com, number one. Kneeling at the feet of the poor, Pope Francis and liberation theology. Just to let you know, Pope Francis... His form of liberation theology is not that of the liberal form of liberal uh, liberation theology, I should say. He was instrumental in the deaths of tens of thousands of people (laughs) in Argentina during the Junta in the 70s, and many of those were people that were practicing liberation theology. Pope Francis is drawing attention from people around the world. Those who have never read anything about the Pope now follow his every move in the news and in social media. His witness in living the gospel, drawing renewed interest in Catholicism and what it means to be a Christian. Uh-uh, nah-uh, nah-uh, those two lies. No, uh, renewed interest in Catholicism, that's a lie and what it means to be a Christian. If you are a practicer of Roman Catholicism, you are not a Christian, no matter what you think. You have not read the Bible, and therefore you don't know what it means to be a follower of Christ. You are a follower of the Antichrist, the biblical historical Antichrist. Christians in the world filled with individualism, capitalism, and consumerism, all thanks to the Jesuits. Pope has shown that his love for love that he loves the poor and he wants us all to be the poor and the marginalized and the outcast. Oh yes. He'd love to see all of us in their their concentration camps or shut up. Dead. Just two weeks after Pope Francis' election, the Holy Thursday, uh, 2013, he washed the feet of women and Muslim inmates in the juvenile detention center. What are they doing in the juvenile detention center? And boy, do they like their little boys and girls, don't they? A bunch of pedophiles. This priest class. Again, in 2014, he broke from tradition and washed the feet of 12 disabled and elderly people and women, non-Catholics. Wow, that makes means nothing. means absolutely nothing, by the way. It doesn't mean anything coming from the Antichrist. It's actually a mockery of Christ. The Pope kneels and washes, dries and kisses the feet of disfigured and ignored and lost people who show that all are loved and worthy of the sight of Jesus. Yeah, but you're not the representative of Jesus, Pope. You're the false Representative, the true representative is the Holy Spirit, not the papacy. A bunch of Jesuits. 
In uh, 2015, he washed 12 inmates and a baby in Roman prison. What's a baby in prison? What's a baby doing in prison in Rome? Holy Thursday, to continue his tradition of serve serve as... It says tradition of serve, (laughs) as Jesus served. (laughs) Uh, No, you can't do what Jesus served. You can't do it. You can only serve Satan, Lucifer. That's the only thing you can do. That's the only thing you're capable of doing. You do not represent our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You represent a false Christ. The ministry of the Pope Francis has caught the world's attention with the result that a renewed sense of hope, love, mercy, and grace, geoengineering, false science, false religion, enslavery, debt servitude, Usury. That's you know what the truth of the matter is. He represents the system that actually it takes away men's hope, love, mercy, and grace. But plays the part. Oh my goodness! Much of his ministry springs from his embrace of liberation theology. Since becoming pope, by the way, remember he's the one that was attacking liberation theology in South America. Since the beginning. Uh, becoming Pope, he's invited Gustavo uh, Gustavo Gutierrez to the Vatican and embraced other Latin American priests who speak out speak about the poor to support liberation theology. A Dominican priest, Gutierrez, is regarded as a the founder of liberation theology. That doesn't mean that he supports us because he's talked to him. Since he invited, invented the term in his first book, uh, Theolo- Theologia di la Liberazione, uh, in 1971, guitarists understood the po- that poverty was the result of unjust social structures. At the head, of course, being the Roman Catholic Church, and all their minions, the Roman uh, Catholic Illuminati, the Roman Catholic Jesuits, uh, the the Knights of Malta, etc., and all their businessmen and their militaries and their mercenary outfits. He sees God as the perpetual option for the poor. Pope Francis has taken the initial steps towards making Archbishop Oscar Romero a saint. Oh, isn't that just amazing? Romero was a beatified in San Salvador on May 23rd. May 23rd, huh? This is the day they must do their uh, reverse symbology of the 32. And, of course, they make their people saints. Huh? In 2015, this process met with much resistance before Pope Francis' time. This action focused on the world's attention uh, on our sisters and brothers who are poor, as it recognizes Romero's profound commitment and to work to and work with people who are living in poverty and marginalized by the powerful Roman Catholic Church. I'm adding two words here. Pope Francis emphasizes Jesus, the one that's you know that's emaciated on the cross, 
not the one who's risen from the dead, who's triumphs, who preached in Galilee, who lived among the poor, rather than the Christ of Constantine at Nicene Creed, who was shaped for imperial wealth and power. Jesus was born, this sounds real great, but it's not legit. Jesus was born at a time of religious corruption, imperial Roman domination. By the way, this we're same that same time. Nothing's changed. Uh, we still live in a time of religious corruption and imperial Roman domination. Great. Uh, he was born during the reign of the despot Herod. His family became refugees and fled to Egypt. Jesus' ministry was about liberation. His ministry took place in the context of occupation, oppression, and poverty. And nothing's changed thanks to Rome. Jesus resented the oppression and corruption of the, of the temple and the Herodians and earned the resentment of both. Those who are pro-imperial, those who support occupation, are not living out of the gospel. Herod accepted the privileges of those under occupation. Religious leaders taxed and suppressed the poor, as they do today, don't they? Jesus spoke of, uh, spoke to the people who were poor, who lived in rural areas, and they were laughed at and marginalized. But Jesus argued that they were the salt of the earth. He taught and revealed that he, we measure character not by kingship, nor by upper classes who were oppressors, but by how we treat the least of our brothers and sisters. Well, why don't you tell us the truth about how the world really is? Why do you guys promote this false image of the world? Why do you allow the uh, destruction of our environment? Why are you doing this, Pope Francis? Why are you part of it? You're not going to change anything. You know what? It's not the average person who's praying, spraying the crap in the sky. It's not the average person who's polluting the environment. It's not the average person who's defiling the environment. It's you and your kinsmen. And you can learn more about how this great crusader of the poor is going to make even more of us poor by reading this article from Huffington Post once again. Now, what we'll deal with is we'll listen to first, hopefully, no, and there won't be any interruptions, but don't count on it. Uh, back in uh, May, they had, uh, let's see, uh, Basically, the defense-related research has been done, and U.S. Air Force admits using HARP in May 16, 2014. So, real late, but we're going for those who haven't who haven't heard it. Here we go. Get a chance to hear it. I wanted to ask a question, a couple of questions here about HARP, the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. Uh, several of you at the table have a little bit of a piece here. As you know, this is located up in Alaska. It's currently funded by the Air Force Research Lab. It was formerly funded by the Office of Naval Research. One of the prime customers is DARPA. Uh, which is currently running experiments at the facilities here. So uh, questions to, to several of you this morning. 
I'm told by the president of the University of Alaska that the Air Force has pulled its support for the facility and they're taking steps to, uh, to demolish it or take it down uh, this summer. He's making the argument that, uh, that there is other opportunities for us and uh, is trying to find a path where the university might be able to take title to the facility. I'd, I'd like to start with you, Dr. Prabhakar. I understand that um, a lot of folks here on the committee probably don't understand what HARP does. I think most Alaskans don't really know what HARP does or why the agency is involved in it. Uh, so a very brief explanation and then a more direct question, would you be disappointed or would you lose something if if HARP were to go away? Uh, Senator Markowski, as, as I think you know, uh, one of our programs has been using the HARP facility for the research that, that uh, it's pursuing. Uh, and my understanding is that we did get value out of that interaction. Um, the, the P in DARPA is projects, and uh, we're not in the business of doing the same thing forever. So very naturally, as we conclude that work, uh, we're going to move on to other topics. So I, it's not a, it's not a uh, an ongoing need uh, for DARPA, despite the fact that we had actually gotten some good value out of the, the, that infrastructure in the past. Understood. Then to to uh, Dr. Walker and, and Mr. Schaefer. Then it, Dr. Walker, your agency is currently running the facility. Um, uh, I've mentioned that it's our understanding through the president of UAF. That, that plans are to move forward and, and demolish the facility this summer. So the question to you is, is that accurate? Can you explain why? And then uh, perhaps to both you and Mr. Schaefer, is there any benefit in exploring a potential relationship with the University uh, of Alaska to perhaps take over the harbor? Thank you, Senator. The Air Force has uh, gotten great value out of HARP in the past. We, uh, we took over from the Navy and managed it and actually did a number of uh, experiment campaigns up there and uh, have finished our, our work that we're interested in doing up there. We've uh, moving on to other ways of uh, managing the ionosphere, which the HARP was really designed to do, was to inject energy into the ionosphere and be able to actually control it. And uh, that work is, has been completed. Uh, the Air Force uh, has maintained the site for other government agencies to use for several years now. And uh, with DARPA completing their project, that's our last government customer that we have in the site. We have uh, put out a call government-wide for other agencies that had interest in, uh, in managing the site or, or taking it over, and including going out to uh, academia and, uh, and seeing if there was any interest there. Uh, we have gotten interest from the university uh, in Fairbanks, however, the, uh, the the interest we have is that they will run it if we fund it, which is uh, unfortunately in this uh, uh, fiscal environment we're in right now, this is not an area that we have any need for in the future and don't see that it would be good use of Air Force S&T funds in the future. So our, our position has been that uh, if there's not somebody who wants to take over the, uh, the management and the funding of the site, then the Air Force has no future need and that we do plan to, uh, to uh, do a, a dismantle of the, uh, the system in the future 
after we make appropriate notifications. When you say in the future, do you anticipate that it would be this summer then, or would there perhaps be more time for the university to try to figure something out? We would prefer to start this summer. Uh, we would like to get the critical equipment out of the site before the, the winter, the harsh winter in Alaska uh, does lead to a, a very costly winterization uh, to maintain the uh, site, and we would like to avoid that if we can. Okay. Mr. Schaefer, do you have any comments on that? Yes, ma'am. Um, so I'm torn on this because my background is as an atmospheric scientist, and I think the facility is, is just a world-class facility. That said, uh, we've worked very hard with the Air Force, uh, with the Office of Science and Technology Policy over the last 18 to 24 months to find another sponsor for this because it really, uh, as you've heard the, the other uh, people at the table, we, the department, have gotten the research value out that we need for the facility. We've also worked with University of Alaska Fairbanks to get some other person to pick up the long-term, just pure scientific research that HARP, uh, HARP offers the promise of. But with all the other issues and problems and challenges facing the department at this time, we just don't see that that investment over a long-term period is where we would prioritize our investment. So we support, we've been working with other agencies, uh, trying to get agencies like National Science Foundation, Department of Commerce, who runs National uh, Ocean and Atmospheric uh, Administration, to pick up the HARP facility. No one else wants to step up to the bill, ma'am. My name is Dan Wiginton from geoengineeringwatch.org. And our purpose of our site is to expose the issue of global climate engineering, otherwise termed as geoengineering. We are virtually under assault right now. It's not alarmism. It's not exaggeration. This type of weather modification puts out chemicals and toxins, some known, some not known. Many people who try to debate this issue, if they ask you why they should believe this is going on, we have film of it happening, end of the argument. That's it. There's no debate, no discussion. This is not speculation. When we have films that we can clearly see are spraying, there's no denying that jet is spraying, period. We have interior films, which I'll, or interior footage, which I'll show in a moment. But the bottom line is that's not a condensation trail. Any notion that it is is simply denial or complete ignorance. So th this is, uh, you can even see on this jet that the, each side of the plane, the plumes are different lengths, which means the nozzles are not aligned perfectly. You see different composition in the trail, also indicative of different materials being expelled from different portions of the aircraft. So again, this amounts to weather warfare, period. The U.S. has historically engaged in weather warfare around the globe. This is historical fact. We have data going back to Vietnam, 1968, Project Popeye. Uh, 1976, UN passed resolutions forbidding weather modification in wartime. So again, this is not speculation. We, have, we live in a society that's been trained to shut down when they hear the word conspiracy theory. They've been conditioned pretty well. But the bottom line is this is, this is the issue that can't be ignored any longer. People can ignore Kennedy. People can ignore false flag events like Vietnam and even whatever happened on 9-11. But this issue can't be ignored. When in the North State, for example, we turn on our water faucets and nothing comes out, that's the end of the road. This is very recent. This is from two days ago. Al Gore, use of geoengineering to head up climate change disaster is insane. So although we don't have an admission that's going on, it's getting closer by the day. And it looks like Al Gore 
is trying to now distance himself from these programs that he has not admitted to yet. This is important media. They'll be seeing more of this in the, in the coming, coming weeks. One interior shot there, again, we can't know from the variants of different planes the different configurations of spray apparatus. This is an ongoing experiment. There's likely many different configurations. We see aircraft trails that have different color compositions. So this is an ongoing experiment of which we are all a part, like it or not. Another interior, high-pressure tanks. When this image was posted, uh, the sites that initially posted it, uh, a couple of them were taken down. This image appeared to be tried to be taken off the net uh, as quickly as possible, but too many people downloaded it. It's out there now. More configurations. Obviously, there's a whole lot of planes with a whole lot of tanks doing a whole lot of something. So uh, this kind of footage should not be ignored. Clearly, these are what would appear to be passenger planes, most of them with windows. So uh, there appear to be many different types of aircrafts involved in the spraying activities. This is what we have. Again, global geoengineering, the ever-changing experiment. And we are, again, part of that experiment. Russian scholar warns of secret U.S. climate change weapon. We have Russia engaged in this as well. We also have China. And this is one of the reasons why it's so hard to get any sort of mainstream coverage, because the big players are all involved up to their eyeballs. So uh, that, that's one of the reasons the uh, media coverage is so sparse, but it's coming. What do other weapons do? They wreak havoc in countries without anybody knowing they're even under assault. In the case of floods, droughts, all of this is a form of weather weaponry and weather warfare. And there's no arguing that we are all a part of weather warfare when our climate is being impacted the way it is right now. Again, countries around the globe, this sort of impact, nobody would recognize as being an assault. And that's what's so prized about weather warfare for the powers that be. Nobody even knows they're being attacked. Bridges, infrastructure, wiped out. You can literally bring a country to its knees. You can bring a state to its knees as well, especially a state that doesn't seem to want to conform too much with the federal government. You can drought, drought them out completely. And that's exactly what's happening in California right now. This sort of drought in Africa has been used for decades. We know these programs have been going on, and their impact in Africa appears to be directly related to bringing countries to their knees and opening up the door for U.S. occupation. You have U.S. boots on the ground in about 156 countries around the globe. Not singling out the U.S. because other countries, again, as I said, are at this as well. Empty reservoirs. This is where California is headed today. I think we all know that. We, if we reach the end of this year without significant rainfall, we will be in free fall into a cataclysm that's never before been recorded. Our forests are going up in flames. As geoengineering impacts the system from top to bottom, it starts to feed itself. As you cut off the moisture for boreal forests, which are the lungs of the planet, the terrestrial lungs of the planet, and they begin to burn, that feeds into the entire climate cycle and begins to tilt it even further off scale. So this is a non-linear equation. Once it starts to tilt, it tilts faster and faster. These sorts of clouds historically have not been well recorded. Now they are. This sort of sky that many, begin, that many have become accustomed to and think is somehow normal is anything but. This is, this is an aerosol coverage that all of you seem to have seen before. And many people have begun to accept this as being natural, but it takes a lot of material to block the sun to that degree. And all that material is settling down on all of us. We're all breathing it in. Anybody who thinks that's commercial traffic uh, is, in a, is in a different reality. Somebody, somebody certainly lost their way up there. 
Another scene looks like something from another planet. Again, this is something that people, it's, it's come on so slowly that many accept this as being normal and natural when it's, it's anything but. One more scene that we, we see increasingly around the globe, especially in recent weeks and months. I'll explain why I think this is happening later, but the spraying is definitely increasing around the globe very rapidly, and the effects of that are being felt everywhere. Now, a sky like this is important to examine. Many people would think there's no spraying going on, but if you look closely, you'll see what looks like layers of plasma in the sky. Days with high-pressure domes like we have now over California, this is not uncommon, especially if you look toward the west in the evenings. These shorter trails that are very bright are still aerosol disbursements. They make the sky silvery white. We believe that these sorts of disbursements are related to making the air more conductive, which makes the ionosphere heaters, HARP, which there are at least two dozen around the globe, major facilities and many other smaller ones, it probably makes them more effective to create these high-pressure domes. So even days like this are aerosol-saturated uh, skies still. This is a point I want to drive home again because it's imperative in conveying legitimacy with our issue. Semantics matter. It absolutely matters. When people Google chemtrail, this is what they come to, chemtrail conspiracy theory. I have friends with the Union of Concerned Scientists that have tried to clarify this definition by stating that this is a layman's term for geoengineering. When that correction is made, within minutes, it's erased and deleted. They watch this site very, very closely. They want people to Google chemtrails and come to conspiracy theory. On the other hand, if you Google climate engineering, in the first sentence it clarifies that climate engineering is in fact an application of geoengineering. So we have science. And this is what media never uses these terms they don't use. Our local media here has avoided these terms like the plague because they seem to feel their job is to distract people from the truth. We'll, we'll go into that deeper later, but again, semantics, extremely important. Climate engineering, geoengineering. Scientific terms leads people to science, leads credibility. Who's running things? Psychopaths run the world. It's not an exaggeration. We have 4% of society is clinically psychopathic. That 4% ends up in positions of power, inevitably, because they'll do things that you or I won't do. So we have a, what appears to be a very small group of incredibly psychotic people that literally run the planet. And, and I would not have believed this 20 years ago, but uh, after that many years of research, you simply can't come to another conclusion. This document's important. It's only the cover page. It's on the cover of geoengineering. This site can be found at geoengineeringwatch.org, this document from 1966. It's a presidential document by NASA outlining the U.S. weather modification programs as of 1966 with budgets in the hundreds of millions of dollars even then, listing the agencies involved, DOD, DOE, uh, Department of Interior, about a dozen universities. This is the biggest elephant in the room. And this document, again, can be found. I found it on the NASA archive, so it seems somebody put it there for me to find. So we have the proof. The U.S. military wants to own the weather. Why wouldn't they? Many people ask, why would they want to control the weather? Why wouldn't they? It's what they do. They want to control everything. The weather is the, the, the most destructive weapon they could control, and, and they, can, they can conquer countries, again, without anyone knowing they were even at war. These little bright dots you see here are smaller radio frequency transmitters of which there is an unknown number that appear to be a part of these programs. It's not just the major facilities like HARP. You have a great deal of smaller facilities there, too. Stealth terror, weather warfare, and the end of America. 
again, weather modification is a very covert weapon that you can that rulers can use against their own populations to keep them in conformity. We seem to be immersed in that right now in California. Weather warfare, beware the U.S. military's experiments with climatic warfare, yet one more warning. Uh, this is, there's ample documentation on the ongoing weather warfare, even from diplomats from other countries. Here you have Iran. Vice President claims countries drought is part of the West weather war on the Islamic Republic. You've had also the President of Iran on the floor of the U.N. twice trying to raise the alarm that this country was a victim of weather warfare. Our media does not cover it. Global warming drought linked to weather warfare. This has been going on in Africa, as I stated, for a number of decades. The more they spray, the less it will rain overall. It's important to remember that. I'm not talking about clouds need to create rain. The more aerosols there are in the atmosphere, the less it will rain overall. Yes, you'll have deluges from moisture that wads up in some place and comes down because of a lot of convection, but overall, it diminishes global precipitation. Fifteen military leaders who say climate change is a national security threat. Of course it's a national security threat, especially when you're engaged in covert warfare with countries around the globe, literally ripping the climate apart, it's bound to become a problem. Shouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Russia urges UN climate report to include geoengineering, and they did. The IPCC last September included geoengineering in their report, finally. Not admitting it's going on, but now the lump is a little bit too big to fit under the rug. And it seems Russia, at least for reasons that we can speculate on, is trying to shine some light on this issue, perhaps because they're realizing that if these programs go on, the whole ship goes down. U.S. climate change procedure based on UN's geoengineering governance and technology policy. This is just one of many documents that outline the global governance of geoengineering. None admit these programs are going on, yet we see the full apparatus for their governance. There should be one more red flag if these programs exist. Public engagement on solar radiation management and why it needs to happen. You do have some now in academia who have shown enough spine to decide that the public should know. What a novel idea. That we should know we're being sprayed like lab rats. So at least we have a few starting to speak out. Global warming versus climate change. This is also important. The term climate change came into play in about 1998 when we had the warmest year on record. And because I believe at that time the global power structure decided it would unleash the full scope and scale of geoengineering, they needed a term that would condition people to accept massive temperature fluctuations like 50, 60, 70 degrees in a single day. Thus, the term climate change came into play. And it is a term, again, to try to condition people to accepting massively geoengineered weather systems with massive temperature fluctuations that is more related to geoengineering than it is to climate, to global warming. So they changed the term. A brief history of false flag attacks. Why government loves state-sponsored terror. How many false flag events do we need to have before we wake up? Vietnam, the Gulf of Tonkin was a false flag event. We have a dozen other false flag events. This is business as usual. So it's, it's about time that we wake up and realize that any premise necessary will be used by the power structure to start wars of aggression on other nations or perhaps even to lock down their own populations. And that's what we see occurring now in the U.S. How do you pay for all this? A lot of people ask that question as if it's taxpayer money. Those with the printing press can pay for whatever they want until nobody accepts what they print. This is a recent release. 
$8.5 trillion unaccounted for by the Pentagon since 1996. That amount is almost equal to the, actually it exceeds their total budget amount that we know of for that time. And this is, this is only perhaps part of what we don't know about either. This is not necessarily the whole thing. So the bottom line is they can pay for whatever they want so long as the dollar is the global reserve currency. And that's something that is coming to a rapid end, which makes the power structure more dangerous as the walls close in on them. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, a growing but neglected global epidemic. And we're all frogs in boiling water right now, period. Whether we realize it or not, whether we feel healthy or not tonight, we're all breathing this stuff in. It's clogging us up slowly but surely. It's absolutely happening. We're not speculating. We have about five dozen lab tests from Shasta County alone. We know this material's in the air, and we know we're breathing it. There's no speculation on this. This is a bioaccumulative metal. So just what we know about is, is legally harmful. So this, this is a problem we all are experiencing to some degree. One in three older adults now dies with dementia and or Alzheimer's. Doesn't mean they die with it or from it, but they die with it. And all of us, again, are somewhere along that path. Cognitively, we all have this stuff in us. It's, it's affecting us all to some degree. This is an older chart. I, I've used this chart before, but it's important because it shows the escalation for autism. We've gone from one in 5,000 to one in 50. That's a 10,000% increase. That should alarm people. So why are people watching American Idol and football and drinking beers and having tailgate parties? We're, we're immersed in an absolute crisis right here, right now. So my attempt is to convey that message. The global depopulation policy killing us softly. How do you cool a population without panicking them? Now, I stayed away from this subject uh, in, in very much depth because I I'd hoped people would come around and just the simple notion of being sprayed like rats day in and day out. But it seemed not enough have. As long as McDonald's is flipping burgers and Walmart's open, people seem to think everything's okay, but it's not. It's not. And this will come to a very abrupt end very soon. On the course we're on, uh, the, there, there is really no denying at this point that Agenda 21 and eugenics appear to be a part of this equation, along with a lot of other things. Too many people want to put it in this box or that box. There's a lot of layers to this onion. This is one. The U.S. admits to bioweapons tests. There's a very long list of absolutely documented U.S. biological testing on innocent populations. Many nations have done it. And, and uh, this is, again, this is a hard reality that the American population will face soon, one way or the other. Heavy metals acting as indoctrine disruptors. This is extremely serious. This equates to our reproductive abilities, hormonal production. It affects life and our bodily systems to the core. This should alarm everyone. Obama, let's just, let's just cope and get along and go on, right? This is sort of like Bush said after 9-11, that let's just everybody go back and go shopping. And it's what the government wants us to do, just to do nothing. Can geoengineering save the planet? We have a lot of dialogue right now with a lot of very, very frightened meteorologists, meteorologists, scientists, a lot of people from academia that are either mentally retarded clinically blind or paid liars. There's no chance that anybody with a high double-digit IQ doesn't know what's going on up there. And I've talked to a lot of people from academia. I know a lot of them. A lot of them know. And they're scared. They're very scared. I had NOAA scientists 
a year and a half ago tell me off the record they're, quote, alarmed as hell. They don't know what to do about it because they have no First Amendment protection. So any notion that geoengineering can save the planet, we already know the answer. Geoengineering is killing the planet. The population bomb threatens the peace of the world, so what are we doing about it? This is something you'd expect the global elite to say. And I say if we're going to cut population, we should start with them. So... And this is their, their motto, the eugenics, the foundation of globalness. globalness. It, it, it's always been the case. We have David Rockefeller on the record stating that 95% of the population needs to go. And a lot of people have never seen these quotes, but they exist. So it, it, it should not be hard to connect the dots here. And at this point, we are all not only expendable to them, but we are a liability to them. It's something we need to remember. Plankton, the base of ocean food web in big decline. There's a lot of ways to cull populations. When populations don't have anything to eat, they tend to die off. And right now, plankton stocks globally are about 50% declined. This, this is of immense import, importance. Plankton produces 50 to 60% of Earth's oxygen supply. Media is not reporting on this. What, what do they report on? The CNN will grab some drama out of a hat, of which they probably have a thousand more just like it. And we'll hear, hear about one or two dramas for the course of weeks on end. While we have the house literally burning down, no plankton, no fish. We have the anchovy fleet returned to north, uh, the Pacific Northwest with no fish, zero, this last fall. So... Well, the, the food chain is breaking down right now. We're seeing marine life wash up on the shores of western North America, now in Texas. Some of this may be related to Fukushima radiation, but I think at this point still the majority related to a food chain that's collapsing. The bees, what about the bees? Is it farm chemicals? If it's farm chemicals, why are the bees just as dead a thousand miles into the wilderness? Try to tell people this that are in the bee community. I've tried. Most won't listen. I've, tried, I've talked to some of the head people in the country. They want to stay in their cocoons. They've been taught and trained that unless it says in their peer-reviewed establishment approved manual that it's, there's something going on in our skies, then it literally doesn't exist in their reality. The bee collapse disorder appears to be most directly related to geoengineering and the radio frequency signals. One more article, A World Without Bees. Einstein said, four years after the bees disappear, so will humans. We're on that track now. Now, there are so many directions that the walls are closing in in, in factors that lead back to geoengineering. So many roads lead back to geoengineering. Statewide king salmon decline points to outside forces, yet again, that I've just made, named. When you have no basis to the food supply, when you have an ozone layer that has been torn apart by these programs, excessive UV killing the plankton, food chain collapses. Right now, global pelagic fish populations are down 95%. It's not going to be long before there's nothing caught out of the sea. That's hard fact. Species extinction rate. You can see the graph there. It goes almost straight up. I've been over this figure before, but it's important to repeat. We're losing about 200 species a day. 200 a day going extinct. There are a lot of people say that, well, that's normal. Species go extinct. That's 10,000 times normal. It's 10,000 times the background rate. Nothing normal about that. This is something that most of you probably haven't seen. It looks like a golf course. It's actually algae. This is the ocean. And you see people up on the beach behaving as if nothing's wrong. This is in China. Massive algae booms are literally matting the ocean several feet thick. Those oceans are dead. They're dead in those regions. You don't get this sort of growth otherwise. Our media doesn't cover these sorts of things. It is literally 
ecosystem collapse. These dots are all dead zones. There's over 400 dead zones around the planet right now, some as big as 10,000 square miles. These are anoxic zones where there's no oxygen in the water. Everything dies. These zones are expanding. Again, media is not covering this. Massive fish die-off around the globe. This is just one scene of too many to even begin to show. And this is the sort of thing that all of us should be focused on. We, we will focus on it when there's nothing left to eat, but if, if we can be ahead of that before we reach the point that there's nothing left, maybe we'll have something to salvage. Acid test, rising CO2 levels, kills ocean life. We have the oceans absorbing CO2. There's no question about this. They're acidifying rapidly. Crustaceans can't form shells as well. And you have an acidification that could kill all ocean life. Again, no, no life in the ocean, no terrestrial life. This is a very important graph. Change in Earth's total heat content. I want to stress, none of this is about Al Gore or carbon credits. I, I say that every time. I, I, I have great disdain for Mr. Gore. He's part of the problem. But that being said, make no mistake about it, the planet is warming. And any of these geoengineered events that we see that convince people otherwise are simply spun, horribly spun events. And this is what it's important to remember about that. The blue graph you see is ocean heat content compared to atmospheric heat. A cubic meter of seawater holds 4,000 times the thermal energy of a cubic meter of air. So it doesn't matter what they do geoengineering-wise. They can cool off temperatures at the surface. It means nothing compared to what's happening in the oceans. The oceans are warming extremely rapidly. Can't hide that for very long. And geoengineering appears to have played a big part in that warming, but not the only part. I want to stress this as well. Human activity is a form of geoengineering. When you put four billion barrels, gallons of hydrocarbon in the atmosphere a day, that's a form of geoengineering. People need to consider that. We would be exponentially better off without these climate engineering programs. The planet would have been able to respond. But bottom line is ocean heat building up extremely rapidly. This is ocean heat content as well. You see the graph go straight up. This is trans-global average absolute sea level rise. Are sea levels rising? Yes, they are absolutely rising. Anybody who says otherwise, tell them to prove it to you. If anybody says that the ice caps are, are gaining and, and sea levels dropping, tell them to prove it because they can't. Sea level rise unstoppable, say scientists. This is what the hard frontline data says without any question at all. In fact, how, how much can sea levels rise? We have about 21 to 24 feet of sea level rise built into Greenland. We have about 197 feet built into Antarctica, about another 15 feet built into the rest of the world's glaciers. Right now, even conservatively from some of the frontline scientists, we're guaranteed 100 feet of sea level rise in the kind of coming decades. Now, you'll find plenty of data to dispute that, but it's the same people that dispute how much oil was leaking from the Gulf, how much radiation was being exposed to here. You must discern through this data because there is so much false data out there, people don't know what to think. Annual Minamartic sea ice. A lot of headlines last fall that the sea ice was expanding. Wait the next two years, see what, what you see, because that was absolutely spun as well. It was the surface area that they measured, not the density, not the volume. The volume is still shrinking rapidly. It's one-fifth what it was 30 years ago. Geoengineering is keeping a thin layer with artificial ice nucleation and blocking of the sun 24-7. They're trying to keep that ice cap there to keep the methane in the seafloor. It's not working. It's making everything worse. That's what we're trying to expose. Geoengineering is destroying the ozone layer. 
This is part of, again, geoengineering being the pharmaceutical cure for planet Earth. They try to address one thing and cause a hundred more that are exponentially worse. So now, if you drive around ready and look at the trees in Walmart, Costco, take a good look because the bark is gone off the south-southwest side. It takes a lot of radiation to burn the bark right off the tree. We're being exposed to massive amounts of UVB and even UVC radiation now. UVC is the last stage before x-ray. We know this. We're metering it on the ground in California, Maine, Florida, and New Mexico. This is a penetration of UVB in the ocean. I talked about plankton dying, correct? Geoengineering, on the, on the shredding of the ozone layer, we've been told it was hairspray cans. Now, I, I ask you, what's more logical? Is it hairspray cans or military tankers dumping 100 tons at a shot up there, flying 24-7? They've been at this since at least the late 40s. We've been given a lot of red herrings for, uh, as reasons for things that are happening. CFCs are bad for the atmosphere, but the geoengineering appears to be the largest causal factor, so the UV penetrates deeper in the ocean, kills the plankton, plankton stocks die, oxygen content goes down, fish stocks die. You can see how everything is connected. Everything's linked together. This is deviation from normal temperature map. This is over 30, or this is, excuse me, this is between 2008 and 2012, and the, the orange-red colors show increases from the 30-year average over that time. You see a couple of blue spots in Antarctica, um, but that's about it. So this is the overall, this is the true overall global picture. You see, a, you see some blues off the coast of North America, if you look at that. That's where the blanket spray 24-7 shuts off our moisture. This isn't the first year drought, we're in our sixth year drought. So from 2008 to 2012, they blanket sprayed the Pacific, we think in an effort to stop El Nino, to stop the El Nino event from happening, because that would have made global warming even worse. But what does that do to the rest of the planet when you shut off one of its natural mechanisms? So that blanket spraying all over the Pacific, it cooled the surface temperatures off there. But at what cost? At what cost? If it's killing everything inland, is, was that really a gainer? I don't think so. And this, this, is, this is a current map right now. This is through, uh, uh, excuse me. No, I'm sorry. This is an older map, but it shows a sequence. I'll show a newer one here. When you see a map that's that imbalanced, it should be a red flag. That's... That can't be created naturally, where you have half the country flying and another half below normal temperatures. So the darker colors are, are various stages above normal, the middle being maybe 20 degrees above normal. You throw a rock in here and below normal temperatures. Another, this is a recent GIS map. Now, this is important to look at this map. As you see the blue colors over Canada and the eastern U.S., that's where heavy, heavy geoengineering is occurring. Geoengineering can and does cool massive regions temporarily at the cost of making the overall warming worse. So you have jet stream manipulation that pushes Arctic air down. You see even the Arctic is much warmer than Canada and the eastern U.S. So they can cool regions, make a lot of headlines. What's the real picture? That's the real picture. Global temperature records. Again, no downward trend there. Another GIS map, ocean temperatures, everything. Far above normal overall. If you look through the headlines and you start looking at global news, you'll find out it's a very different picture than our media's painting. And this is important to remember. Did the media originally paint the picture of global warming? Yes. Did they have an agenda for that? To saddle us with taxes and all sorts of burdens? Yes, they did. But now I think things have gone so far, they have definitely changed directions. They've doubled down on geoengineering, and now they're trying just desperately to hide the fact that a runaway greenhouse event may be occurring right now. Because if you look at the media right now, they are definitely not pushing a warming agenda overall. Weather Channel, it's like their goal, their marching orders, is to make it seem as cold as possible. And so there, there has been a directional change with what the media is doing. They changed their plans as well. 
another GIS map, overall warming. This is ozone depletion, 84 to 97. The globe on your right shows massive depletion during that time. There's a massive northern hemisphere ozone hole, not speculation. Canadian scientists have been threatened with termination from their jobs if they talk about this. They're trying to hide it, and uh, people feel the sun in their face, and they, they think maybe they're just getting older. No, the UV is, is exponentially higher than we're being told. UV rays, this is an important graph as well. We're told by all major metering agencies that 95% of incoming UV is UVA. This is the, the first presentation I've done where we've had actual solid metering behind us. That means 5% is UVB. That's the more harmful band. We now know that at least 60% of incoming UV is UVB. 60. That's a 1,200% increase in UVB. As I said, we're actually getting UVC, the last stage before X-ray. We are told by all major agencies UVC stops 100,000 feet up in the atmosphere. Not anymore. These are trees from Costco. They all look like this. Bark's gone. Trees look horrible. Nobody seems to notice, but they'll notice soon enough when there's no trees left. Dead branches sticking out everywhere. This is a typical stress response when trees have too much radiation. They start dropping branches. They start dropping foliage. We're seeing it all over the forest. Drought is only one issue. The excessive UV is absolutely another. More trees from Costco, burnt bark. This is the road we're on. And a lot more of our roads look like this now. When I moved up here 10 years ago, you couldn't find many. The forest was green and lush. Not so anymore. I live in a forest. I've grown up in a forest. I spent my life in forests. It's deathly silent there now. What do, this, is, this is a map that's still applicable, even though this is an older map. You see the western U.S. is in protracted drought, while the eastern U.S. is now getting excessive moisture. If they try to create artificial cloud cover, it tends to migrate the moisture. So the moisture that comes over us is aerosolized. The storms come late if they come at all, almost no moisture, and they migrate that moisture further east where it comes down sometimes in a deluge. So you get half the country in drought, the other half with excessive rain. How climate change makes wildfires worse? This is the sort of article that completely ignores the, the elephant room again. What about geoengineering? And on the fires in 2008, we know that during that week, you guys all remember the fires in 2008 probably, we know that NASA's mobile DC-8 lab was doing monitoring testing during that week. What kind of testing is that that lights a country ablaze, and impacts countless lives? Is this just a game for them? Is it a game to, to treat the atmosphere like a physics lab? That was a test of some sort in 2008. So where are the climate scientists, and how can they be so completely oblivious to a raging elephant in the room? And, and this is where articles like this don't acknowledge that. Unprecedented storm sparks California fires. This is referring back to 2008, as I just went over. Solar flare could unleash nuclear holocaust across planet Earth, forcing hundreds of nuclear power plants into total meltdowns. This is also very important. This is relating back to the pharmaceutical cure for planet Earth. The more they spray, the more they have to spray. As they destroy the ozone layer, they destroy the Earth's natural protection. Now if we have a large CME, a large solar flare, we may have Fukushima times 100 or 200 because solar flares can knock out grid power, no grid power. New plants can't cool themselves. They go into meltdown. So the more they spray, the more they, I think, feel they have to spray to provide protection. Well, we once had natural protection. Now we have to have toxic metal artificial protection. So this is one more way that geoengineering could end life on Earth by causing more meltdowns. Weather control 
and HARP conspiracy. There's no conspiracy HARP exists, we know what it does. For those that aren't familiar, extremely powerful ground-based radio frequency transmitters, they don't receive, they transmit. You have a huge facility in Alaska, you have about two dozen big facilities ground-based around the globe. These facilities can and do routinely manipulate the jet stream. And the jet stream configurations we see of late to create these artificial storms appear to be direct results. We have HARP monitoring stations that show where those frequencies occur. It's the 2 plus 2 equals 4 equation, period. I don't know how many have seen this. This is called SBX radar. This amounts to a C-based X-band radar, which is a, a C-based HARP facility. It doesn't even look real. It looks like something out of a science fiction movie. And this is what happens when you have unlimited funds and nothing else to do but to experiment on planet Earth. So now you have these facilities around the globe as well. This is how HARP is affecting the global meltdown, HARP and geoengineering. These are ocean currents. We now have warm Atlantic water being pumped into the Arctic. That's thawing methane on the sea floor. Methane's releasing. Methane goes into the atmosphere, covers the planet like a layer of glass, begins to heat things up fast. Methane over a 10-year time horizon is 100 times more powerful than CO2 as a greenhouse gas. Again, all roads, so many roads leading back to geoengineering. Not to say that we don't have a problem otherwise. Not to say that human activity is in a form of geoengineering, as I said. But geoengineering is like trying to put a fire out with a bucket of gas. It simply can't work. Uh, jet stream configurations, this is important to look at. You see these radical swings, these radical dips. It appears to be what they're doing to cool the East Coast. They create high-pressure zones like the one that's over us now, pumps the storms far north, they can cool that air as it goes to Alaska and Canada, pump it down to the eastern U.S. and cool off half the country while the other, while the other half literally fries and dries. It's exactly the configuration we're going through right now. Uh, methane leaking from the seafloor. This is an illustration that shows how it covers the planet. You have hydrates that leak through the, the uh, seafloor up to the surface. They acidify the ocean on their way up, and then they go into the atmosphere where they start to cover the planet. Uh, this is methane release from... This is, now, this is what the scientists on the front line that are willing to speak honestly. Biggest story of 2013, methane release. To give you an idea why methane is so important, there's enough methane in the reservoir that you see here in the Arctic, the Lapted Sea. There's enough methane there to extinguish life on Earth many times over. Many. If this methane gets into the atmosphere, it's game over. It's that simple. It's game over. It's starting to happen now. If geoengineering doesn't stop and the planet's not allowed to respond, I think we have no chance. Global warming and the Gulf Stream. Our atmosphere, atmospheric pollution will lead to subsea Arctic methane-induced climate hell. Again, more st stories that are not being covered, not being covered by media. Um, this is an issue that will change our collective reality quite quickly. You'll hear about this soon enough. This is methane also. See the graph? Go straight up. No secret that it's, it's, it's uh, increasing rapidly. CH4 is methane. This is an important globe, paints a good picture. 2013, January 1st to 11th, on your left. 2014, on the right. You see much, much more color on the 2014 map. Methane's releasing very rapidly. To give you an idea, for about the last million years, methane was never over 700 parts per billion. About nine months ago, it went up to 1,800. Now we're seeing spikes up to 2,350, 2,500 parts per billion. Radical ex Escalation. I mean, unlike anything that's happened in, in uh, far more than the last million years. So this is a this is a very pertinent issue. 
helping the geoengineers to sell geoengineering, and we don't understand what's happening with the climate, and we go along with some headlines, and we take headlines as a source of information, right now, that's what the geoengineers appear to want. Why is the U.S. government trying to control the contents of scientific journals? They want to control scientific journals because that's how they control the scientific community. That's how they create the illusion of agencies like the EPA and, and other such agencies that, that we're led to believe are there for our own protection, that we're led to believe would tell us if something's wrong. Couldn't be further from the truth. Absolutely couldn't be further. So as they control universities, which they do now quite well, they control the major peer-reviewed manuals. So you can have things like this happening in our skies, completely obvious in your face things that the scientific community will not acknowledge. And when you try to corner them and acknowledge this, I was on a radio show with Simon Donner, one of the world's most recognized climate scientists. And when cornered and asked about these programs, he tried to make the case that he, no matter how much it looks like they're spraying, he said, I know they're not. And when I asked him how, how as a scientist, he could possibly say that he knows there's no spraying going on, click, I'm off the air that fast. So this is what you have. You have a, a completely controlled system, and that's why we can have things like this happening without any media acknowledgement, any academia acknowledgement. HARP again, now HARP, I, I want to go into what HARP does in a few other scenarios. So that's another picture of HARP. It's a very ominous and very, very dangerous installation. It's, it's literally ripping holes in the atmosphere. Here you have a HARP signal. That's why I showed that image again. Now that big bright area over the eastern U.S., guess what that is? Arctic vortex. The big headlines that we're all forced to believe that if, we, if you walked out the door, you would immediately turn into a popsicle. So yes, there was cold temperatures, very cold, but for how long? How historically unusual was this and was it natural? And when you see the jet stream configuration and you see these harp signals that manipulate that jet stream, there's nothing natural about it, nothing. It was designed to create some headlines. They made the most of it. Anybody here who watches Weather Channel, it's absolutely astounding. It's like watching a, class, a, a cast of clowns who clearly have marching orders to paint the, the most frigid picture on planet Earth they can possibly paint. They don't talk about the fact that days earlier for the, this big cool down in the Arctic, New York shattered its all-time record high by 10 degrees, 73 degrees in New York in January. Then it plunges down to the single digits, and then a few days later it's back up to 60 degrees in rain. So these fluctuations, again, back to the term climate change that I went over before, that's why they coined that term, so people would not question these massive changes as being unnatural. Why are thousands of dead birds suddenly falling from the sky? Well, when you blast the sky with massive radio frequency signals, it tends to cause some problems. And what people don't realize, I'm sure many of you have heard the birds falling out of the sky several years ago. It happened again this January. But what you don't know about several years ago, it happened in 34 places around the globe. Former Bush aide John Wheeler was seen outside the Pentagon threatening to, according to witnesses, blow the whistle on these programs. He was found in a landfill two days later. So this is certainly the big league, and, and if these programs were really brought to light, it would change the complexion of what we face. Geoengineered snowstorms wreaking havoc around the globe. This is very important to remember. There is no natural weather at this point. Even small-scale geoengineering programs would have the potential to disrupt the entire system, but in fact, we're seeing global programs. So the whole system has been rendered completely unnatural. If you look closely here, you see the massive spraying trails off the coast of California, this sort of aerosolization, which can start to set up for some of these engineered events. 
Mount Shasta snow holds 1,200 times normal levels of aluminum due to chemtrails to engineering. Many of you here that are local know that. We had lab tests up the side of Mount Shasta that measured 61,000 parts per billion. Now, you'll have a lot of people from the disinformation site say it's normal. Aluminum's in the soils, the eight, it's 8% uh, of your crust, third most abundant element. It's normal for it to be blowing around and everything. That's absolutely false. Aluminum does not exist in the environment in free form. It is always bonded to other elements. It doesn't blow around in the snow and the rain unless it's been mined and refined and sprayed. So it should not be in our snow, and it absolutely should not be in our rain, but it is. It's also the primary ingredient in geoengineering patents, aluminum oxide. So this should be no surprise. High storm, unprecedented in interior Alaska meteorologists say, this is only one example, but if any of you watch weather very closely, you'll see ice storms are now normal. Now the, the, these parade of winter storms that we have, almost on a conveyor, there's almost always a boundary of ice storm between the rain and the snow. And now the weather channel meteorologists are trying to tell us that it's normal to have a warm side and a cold side to a winter storm. Since when? One side is, is tornadoes and thunderstorms. You throw a rock here in snow. There's nothing natural about this. Absolutely nothing. So the ice storms now are the boundaries between where they're trying to nucleate. We can see the, the, the aerosol programs going on on radar where they have not cooled the air down enough for this to crystallize while it's falling. It hits the ground before it sets up. So now you have ice forming on everything, and you have ice storms now as the boundary layer between rain and snow as they're trying to nucleate these artificial, artificially engineered storms. Very theatrical names. Weather Channel now, this is part of the theater. This is part of they've changed direction. Now they want to convince us of this horrible cold when it's anything but overall. Yes, they focus on a few areas. They hammer those areas again and again. They'll create a few snowstorms in the same place over and over while the rest of the world is going to meltdown. So this is their theatrical storm names here. Very unprecedented jet stream movements. You see configurations like that historically, completely unnatural. It's how they push and pull air masses around. Now, this is typical of what we see in this parade of winter snowstorms in the east. Very high pressure in the west pushes the jet stream up and over us. We bake and dry out. They'll push some cold air down. They'll pump air up from the gulf, combine the two. You'll have an, an ice storm layer in between, and you'll have snowflakes on the top. And this is important to understand with ice nucleation. We have patents for this. We're not guessing. We're not making this up. NASA even has a patent, artificial ice nucleation for weather modification. Ice nucleation is a very, very interesting science. It's called an endothermic reaction. When you mix, for example, barium hydroxide, we know we have barium in the mix. Barium hydroxide and ammonium can drop temperatures horrendously up to 100 degrees in a lab beaker. What they can do with chemical nucleation is absolutely astounding. And we know these materials are in the frozen precipitation that comes down. Another unnatural jet stream, again, this is how they create these artificial snowstorms. These are unnatural configurations. But part of the way they do this, again, if they allow the moisture to flow across us, across the Pacific, that's warmer moisture. It inhibits them from doing what they're apparently trying to do back east. I'm not saying this is the only goal for these programs, but it appears to be one. This is a great example of a nucleated snowstorm. I don't know how many of you heard of this. 100,000 cattle feared dead after early South Dakota snowstorm. October 4th, last year, up to 100,000 cattle died. How did that happen? When we had temperatures that were in the 40s. How do cattle from South Dakota die with temperatures in the 40s. When you have an endothermic reaction like I just described, how do you have snow at 56 degrees? This is right off the AccuWeather site. Did the laws of physics change? 
No, they, they, they haven't. It's, it's just geoengineering and, and weather modifications. So if you have four feet of snow in early October at 45 degrees, that's not going to kill cattle. But if those cattle are encased in the snow and there's an endothermic reaction, the temperature on their hide might be 20 below, that'll sure as hell kill them. So we have an event that the media almost tried to sweep under the rug. There wasn't much coverage about this. What about the weird ice boulders that wash up in Lake Michigan? This just happened for the third time in, in as many years. This is historically unprecedented. 75-pound ice boulders floating all over the lake. How does that happen? It happens from artificial ice nucleation again. As that chemical reaction forms a nucleus, it tends to keep freezing all the way around it. So you end up with this, and the Weather Channel will explain this away. They'll, they come up with terms uh, that try to make the unnatural seem natural. So this is a phenomenon that we've just seen again a few days ago. This is an important map because this is the map for the snowstorm I just described in South Dakota that killed 100,000 cattle. Take a good look at that map. You can't find a map like this now because I, I think things like this are so glaring that they try to keep this from happening. Weather channels change all their graphics so they don't have maps like this. How can 100,000 cattle die in South Dakota when you have temperatures of Chicago, 85 degrees, you had, this is from the same time, you had 89 in Kansas City. How can you possibly have an event like that? How is that possible? And it shows snow right there at 44 degrees, snow at 36 degrees. They don't put these maps out now because it's, it's pretty damn obvious and they know people are looking. Again, this is back to California, back to you and I and our families. This is about as unnatural a map as you could have. California looks like a target because it appears that it may in fact be. Three possible scenarios here. California's a climate sacrifice zone, which means for whatever they're trying to do back east, we simply are thrown under the bus. That's one scenario. Two, California's a target, perhaps bringing the agriculture to its knees, taking water rights. There's a lot of possible angles there, right? There certainly is. They're pretty obvious. Three, and probably the most likely scenario, is both of those scenarios. So we see something that's completely unnatural, flying in the west from a high-pressure dome while the, other the rest of the country is cooler. Same thing. Now, this is the map for our period right now. This map covers to the 23rd. I've never seen a map like this. 30 years of looking at meteorology, I've never seen anything like this. How can you have half the country virtually flying and the other half below? How is that possible? It's not possible based on historical natural weather patterns. This should alarm people. That's six tiers above normal. That indicates temperatures over half the country that are 15, 20 degrees above normal. You don't hear the media talking about this much. That's a NOAA map. Now, back to the rainfall. How did that happen? Most of the country you see with above normal rainfall, another big bullseye right on California of no rain. The colors over California, that shading means increasing degrees of no rain. So here we have, again, California looks like a target. Well, even Alaska has excessive rain. The rest of the country has rain. Nothing for us. Aerosolization off the coast of California. Anybody who thinks that's natural, again, needs to get therapy. I mean, that's, that's about as unnatural as it could be, and, and we see this, uh, I mean, almost constantly, aerosolization off the coast. And this disrupts the hydrological cycle. It disrupts the rain cycle, period. This shows, this illustrates again what I'm talking about. Massive high pressure, they pump the moisture completely up into the Arctic Circle where they cool it down and push it back down and cool parts of the country while other parts fry. Again, California, at minimum, a climate sacrifice zone. 
for the experiments they're carrying on further east. New release concern is IPCC bangs the drum for geoengineering. I, I, if these guys don't know this is going on right now, they, they absolutely don't deserve to be called scientists. And, and for them to try to paint the picture that geoengineering is going to save us when after 60 years we know that it's literally pounding the nails into our collective coffins is absolutely ridiculous. This is interesting as well. Carnegie Science Global Ecology, what this is, Caldera Lab Research, Kim Caldera, one of the world's most recognized geoengineers, what a surprise. He's planning on making some money off of geoengineering. So he puts out a report paid for from Carnegie Science, which is paid for by federal money, that says geoengineering would grow more crops. Anybody in here growing more crops with geoengineering? Are your gardens doing well? We can't grow a thing. I, in fact, I've reverted to growing cactus because that's about all it grows right now. So here you have, again, those within the system trying to put out studies that are absolute nonsense, but they're trying to capitalize off the system. This is important too. Naomi Klein, not her, but the article. Big green groups are more damaging than climate deniers. Where are the environmentalists? Where are they? I, I've never been so completely disgusted at people who are part of groups. I've met with the head of Sierra Club in this region. I've passed on so much data that's gone apparently in the round file. I've met with other environmental group leaders. Where are these people? Who's funding them and why do they ignore this issue? Because everything else they're doing is a moot point compared to geoengineering. It's a moot point. None of it will matter. So where are they? Uh, I, I can only hope and pray that they find an ounce of honor and courage soon because the ship's going down. Here we have climate scientists, right? Is this, is this what they look like, you know? Uh, it, 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 it's about what you have, you know? It would, it would be more comical if it wasn't so incredibly tragic, you know? This is... This is about what we have. Well, this kind of stuff's going on in our skies and people somehow convincing themselves it's normal. Now, this is important. Not, we're not switching to cartoon hour, but this is a Kids Illustrated film. Look closely. See the trail? This is how you condition kids to think it's all okey-doke. Just put it in the cartoons and they'll think it's all normal. How insidious can this stuff be? There you go. See, you see the trail up top? One down low? Another one, background two. This is about as low as it gets for society, for as far as I'm concerned. Now, how about this? NASA cloud chart for school children. NASA actually has a program now to teach kids that what we see in the sky is benign for them. So this is what NASA does now. This is what people that work for the government do. We're trying to expose these people. We're trying to put their names out there, their emails out there, because it's not okay. It's not okay because it's your job to engage in something that hideous. Should we teach them it's okay to chew glass or something else? I mean, what, what do we teach our kids, you know? And, and how can people engage in programs like this as if it's okay? It's certainly not. And this is what we face. I, I mean, it breaks my heart to think about the amount of kids now that are on inhalers. They can't breathe. They can't play. They can't do sports. And what about the buildup? It's not like it's just a temporary inconvenience. This stuff is building up in their systems, especially with children. Their systems are very weak, and they can't take this, this kind of uh, daily onslaught. Is that what keeps a lot of us back? You know, a lot of people that they're simply afraid of being ridiculed. We have to abandon that fear and press forward because guess what? New studies. Conspiracy theorists sane, government dupes crazy and hostile. This is an actual psychoanalysis of those who question 
those who question the official story are clinically exponentially more sane than those who tenaciously hold to the official story. Guess who's sane? We should think about this. No matter how much we feel ridiculed, it's not the case. <laughs> Microbiologist death toll mounts as connections to Dynacorp, Hydro, and Promise software. This is to make a point. There's been a tremendous amount of microbiologists that have made an untimely demise in recent years. We, we know that there's a lot of biological testing going on. In the year 2000, there was approximately 40 biolabs that experimented with testing in the continental U.S. As of 2010, there was 400. They're doing something. And certainly the people that work there that become disillusioned and want to be out of the system, apparently that comes with consequences. I know people... I know someone in a lab that actually is funded by Monsanto at a major university. She, when she's talked about geoengineering, she told me now she's been pulled into a room twice and told if you continue to talk about geoengineering, there'll be consequences. What does that mean? Weather Channel helping to hide geoengineering assault. Again, there's no chance that these guys don't know what they're doing. In fact, they went into a five-minute apology after the big polar vortex theater that they went through, a five-minute apology on air to try to excuse their way out of the, the sort of theater they put on. So, I mean, the, at this point, Rothschilds owns Weather Channel, Weather Central, Weather Underground. They have to control the message. The people doing the weather modification must control the message. You have Raytheon does all the weather modeling for NOAA and the National Weather Service, Raytheon up to their eyeballs in weather modification. They have to control the message. They have to put out a forecast, which is really the schedule weather, in a way that convinces people it's natural when it's not. The Daily Sheeple, weapons of mass destruction, mainstream media and corporate government pushing America closer to becoming an absolute police state. I think we all know we're headed that direction. Yes, and when it comes down, it'll probably come down hard and fast. And the sicker we are from breathing this stuff, the less able we are to, to stand up. CPA cover-up, very important here. And this is something I know firsthand. I've, I've been in one high-level EPA meeting in Sacramento at California EPA, arranged by a congressional rep, five top people there. And I was told in my face, in so many words, the system is rigged from bottom to top, that they are mandated to test for... I wasn't allowed to record anything there, but I was told that they're mandated test for combustion particulates only. The rest of the sample goes out the window. doesn't matter what's in it. They don't care what's in the rain. It can, it can be radioactive, as some of it is now. They don't care. So, that, again, the system is designed not to show this. They test for, if you're at PM10 and PM2.5, the particulate matter they test for. We're talking about particulates that are exponentially smaller. They go virtually untested, virtually under the radar. So any notion that people, and you hear this excuse from people a lot, if this is going on, we hear about it, not true. Let's talk about our local media. The record searchlight. Drought, drought sure to be changes. Now, this is a recent article. For eight or nine years, I've, I've certainly been screaming locally that the more these programs go on, the drier it's going to get. And here we are. And still local media, in many ways, seems to be doing its best to hide what's going on. Another Searchlight article, this is one I wrote from 2004. And still to date, they have not done any stories on geoengineering, climate engineering, nothing of the sort. So how is it we all know what's going on and media won't cover it? Methane threat, underdisclosed, another, another article that Searchlight published that I wrote. 
about methane. Have the search site covered the methane issue that is literally an unfolding global cataclysm right now? Not a word. Not a word. Shasta board to talk about Jet's metal dumping. Kim Trail's conspiracy. The man who wrote this story called me prior to it. I said, please don't use the word chemtrails. I recognize the scientific terms, climate engineering and geoengineering. He never used either one of those terms, not one, because they don't want people to find science. They have their own agenda, and they don't seem to give a damn about what's going on. And I hope everybody in this room considers what story might come out after this evening's presentation and what sort of spin might come out after this presentation, because people, people there have not done justice in any way, shape, or form to this incredibly dire issue so far. So it's going to be up to us to hold them accountable, all of us. Can't be done alone. Can't go down and, and stand in front of the searchlight and demand that they tell the truth by yourself. It takes hundreds of people to be there so they can't ignore us anymore. It's going to take all of us to organize to put this on the radar. If we could put it on the radar locally, it would be on the radar globally. Guarantee it. If we could break the ice here, it would cause a fracture that would run around the globe. Also from the searchlight, what's behind the dry weather? The ridiculously resilient ridge. Again, the, the elephant in the room completely ignored, completely ignored, in spite of the fact that we have metering for these facilities that put these frequencies out, that cause these phenomenon like HARP, still goes completely ignored. Species loss, again, I want to drive this point home. We are in the sixth great mass extinction now, today. This is not theory. You can verify everything I've said here tonight. We are experiencing species extinction rate at a speed never seen short of in meteor impact on planet Earth. We are in free fall right now. Does media cover this? No, they cover some little drama that, they, again, they pluck out of a hat. Are we doomed? Why civilizations like ours fail? On the path we're on, yes. Yes. If you rationally analyze data on the path we are on, we have no chance. And there are scientists now speaking out about this. Guy McPherson from the University of Arizona is a professor emeritus there. I have high regard for Guy. He's a friend. And he has calculated right now with the decimation that's being inflicted on our climate, there will be no life left in the northern hemisphere in a very short time, perhaps even a few decades or shorter. And that doesn't mean that everything goes along fine until then. So we're talking about a very different planet. And you can find mainstream scientists that will argue this completely, but the same scientists who have lied to us again and again and again and again, wherever we start. So the bottom line is on our current trajectory, we are headed down a dead end with no return. We need to change course. This is important to remember as well. For people who, again, this is a teaching tool that we will put out for others so they understand that there are a lot of sources of, quote, human engineering of the planet. All the decimation that humanity has caused, and we've caused plenty, are still a form of geoengineering in a sense. It's, it's altering the dynamics of the planet. So it's important to remember this. Too many people want to put it in this box or that, as if if we stop geoengineering, we could all drive Winnebago's from now on. It's not the case. I'm not saying we wouldn't be in exponentially better shape without geoengineering because we would. The planet could respond, would compensate for a lot of the damage done, 
But it's important to remember that we're hurting the planet in a lot of ways. Is Fukushima an extinction-level event? I'm almost near the end of this presentation, so bear with me. Yes, media is not covering Fukushima. How can that be? How can that possibly be? We have three reactors in Fukushima, and this is related to geoengineering. I'll leave the two together. Three reactors in full-blown meltdown in Fukushima, burnt through the containment vessel. They're burning into the planet right now. There's no end in sight. There's no technology to deal with this, none. This radiation is coming our way. We've gotten, on the east side of Lake Shasta, 300 counts per minute of radiation about a week ago. It's about five times background. It's showing up all over the west coast. We have uh, 15 tuna that were tested off the west coast a year and a half ago, all of them radioactive. Why is the media not reporting on this? This should be a glaring red flag, just like the geoengineering. Anything that could make the population a little bit uncomfortable, media does their best to spin it or hide it. And this, as far as human insanity, and people say, well, this is another excuse you hear from people. Why would they do this to themselves? This can't be happening. They wouldn't do that to themselves. Well, why would they do this 2,000 times over? 2,000 nuclear bombs have been detonated on this planet, and everyone alive is contaminated from that. We all have strontium-90 in our bones from these nuclear detonations. Did these guys care when they went in the South Seas and virtually took whatever island they wanted, kicked the populations off, and set up big demonstrations of their power, like kids in a sandbox, like crazy kids in a sandbox? Did that stop them? They do whatever they want. They do whatever they want until someone says no. No. We've had enough. This should be a shining example of the nuclear detonations around the globe and the fact that they've done it wherever they wanted, almost whenever they wanted. It's no different than geoengineering. And now, with Fukushima, because they're spraying the eastern Pacific and that aerosolizes the moisture, it migrates much more effectively on us. They can literally migrate that radiation anywhere they want and drop it anywhere they want. There's particles like fluoride, and we're getting fluoride in tests now. We have fluoride from tests in uh, Norway, 60 tests with fluoride. So fluoride particulates, if those are used to migrate rain, and other particulates who fill out similar properties, if they're hit with a certain frequency, those particulates combine and coagulate, which would then cause that moisture to fall. So they can, in theory, migrate that moisture wherever they want, hit it with the right frequency, and it will fall. So in the case of the radiation, instead of raining out over the Pacific, as it would, not that that's good, but it's better than it raining on us, now it can be migrated much more effectively over us. Fukushima, climate change, near-term extinction, resignation versus surrender. Does the horizon look bleak? Yeah, it looks very bleak. Does that mean we give up? No. Does that mean we don't have any chance? No. We absolutely have a chance to radically change our direction. But a person has to resign themselves to the fact that we're not guaranteed a happy ending. None of us are. Never have been. Not at any point in time, ever. But does that mean we sit down and do nothing? For every, every time that people look at an issue like this and go home and go golfing the next day and, and watch football and, and ignore this until the next time they spray, and I get a lot of people that call me like that. They'll call about once a month when there's a very bad spray day, let off a little steam, that's the last I hear for maybe another month. And I've gotten to the point where I said, don't call me anymore. I don't want to hear it. What have you done in the last month to help? It's going to take all of us. This is not an issue that's going to go away. It's not going to go away. In fact, it's, they literally have their hands on our throat right now. They can shut off that moisture as long as they want. And I'm not speculating. We have study after study after study from places like MIT, Scientific American. I'm not making this stuff up. I challenge anybody to investigate it. When they aerosolize the atmosphere, it causes drought period. We have satellite photos 
We know they're spraying upstream from us. It can't not be drought here, especially with the jet stream manipulation. This is a two plus two equals four equation. It's that simple. So when you have that kind of control over a population, you have them by the throat. They indeed have us by the throat. Something we all need to remember. Resource wars, geopolitics in a world of dwindling energy supplies. Resource wars are happening around the world right now. This is what you have happening in the Middle East. It's not about democracy. It's not about freedom. It's not about civil rights. It's about resources, period. To stabilize a country, it's a lot easier to go in and take the resources, and that's what it's about, plain and simple. Right now, it takes about one barrel of energy, one barrel of hydrocarbon to get seven out of the ground. In 1900, one barrel could get 100 out of the ground. So not only is there a lot less hydrocarbon, it's a lot harder to get out of the ground. That's a lot harder to process. And now there's a race for these resources. At the same time, the planet is melting down. So we are entering into uncharted territory from many directions. Population, I know this is a sensitive issue with many, but it needs to be considered that the planet can't support what's here right now. And those in power know this. And I would make the same argument that if anybody's going to go, that they should be first. And all this time that they have, instead of, instead of putting the truth out, instead of making people understand the true mathematical equation we face, we've been bombarded with media distraction, weapon of mass distraction, the media, WMD. People need to consider our, whole, our, our entire figure here. And, and what do we face when we look at lack of resources, we look at decimation of our natural systems from geoengineering. I can't grow a garden anymore, so how am I going to feed myself? How's my family going to feed itself? Our garden doesn't grow anymore. We used to grow a 100-foot bed with no problem at all. We couldn't grow 10-foot last year. How do we feed ourselves? For those who aren't familiar with Easter Island, island in the Pacific that was a paradise, 16 million unique palm trees on that island, a very unique species of food source for the islanders. They cut these palm trees down to roll their statues around. And one has to wonder, they literally cut every single palm tree down on the whole island. The island collapsed, their civilization collapsed, they turned to cannibalism. That's the tale of Easter Island. But what, what were they thinking when they were down to maybe a million palm trees, and then maybe 100,000, and then maybe the last one? Didn't it dawn on anybody that we're going to have a problem? And we seem to be in the same boat. And so right now, again, why I focused on geoengineering exclusively for 10 years because, quite simply, if we don't stop this and we render the planet unable to support us and support our lives, we'll have nothing left to save and we will end up like the Easter Islanders. Arctic Doomsday Vault grows a few seeds. For those that haven't heard of the Arctic Doomsday Vault, Bill Gates is involved with this one. And they have put several hundred thousand seed varieties in the Arctic to save them because they know what's coming. They absolutely know it. This is science fact. This vault exists. Anybody who doesn't know about it should look it up. They don't do this for nothing. The power structure knows what's coming. It's a lot closer than people understand. Why is the Department of Homeland Security buying so many bullets? 2.2 billion rounds, I think, is the last I heard. 2.2 billion rounds of 40 caliber hollow point. How can people go on about their lives knowing what's, what sort of preparations are being made? They're digging holes. They're, they're, they're making preparations. This is science fact. I mean, I, there's no denying that purchase. Nobody denied it. It happened. So, again, we all need to pay attention to this. And the thing with geoengineering is for those who are involved with these programs, our military brothers and sisters, of which there's great people in the military, if we could all work together, if we could bring this to light, if we could expose this issue, those people are brothers and sisters in the military who are doing things 
that they don't understand the ramifications of. If we could reach them, I believe they would refuse to participate. I believe that that is our chance of stopping this issue because we need them on our side. We need them to understand what they're doing to their fellow citizens. That's where we all need to work together to bring this issue to light. This is clearly just a depiction, but I, I want to drive the point home. That's exactly where we're headed. We're headed there fast. If we don't have an atmosphere that will support life, the atmosphere is as thin as a layer of paint on a basketball. It's the only thing that sustains our lives. To have this sort of experimentation going on above our heads every day and that tight, very, very thin, fragile layer that is the only thing that protects us in an incredibly hostile environment, this will be the end result. It absolutely will be the end result. Will we contemplate this after it happens? It's too late. It's absolutely too late. Every day matters at this point. I want to stress this. This is a non-linear equation. It's not like you can look backward at a graph and say it's taken us this long to reach this point so we have that long in the future. Non-linear, exponential. Things are, things are unfolding at an absolutely blinding pace. This is the planet with geoengineering. It cannot respond. It cannot respond. No matter how much carbon we put in the atmosphere, we put a lot. The planet has done very well with this much carbon in the past. Sea levels were much higher. That's a problem for civilization, but the planet drives. The Pliocene epoch, 5.2 million years ago, carbon was 25% higher than today. The western U.S. wasn't a droughted out desert as we're headed for. It was very lush because as the temperature goes up and carbon goes up, so does rain. The planet responds. But the rain can't go up now because of geoengineering. It can't. The planet can't respond, and this is in sense what we have with the planet. So instead of more rain coming and our forest being invigorated with an acidic rain and lots of it, they're literally being droughted out and poisoned because the bioavailable metals literally poison trees, poison organisms. So the planet must be released from the geoengineering straitjacket that it's in. <laughs> Last couple slides. Venus syndrome. This is a real scientific scenario. We are on this track, and this is the planet we'll have if we continue on this track. In fact, the data here is so dire and so applicable to, to where we're headed. This is a point I want to make about geoengineering. Their goal, their stated goal, is to create a higher albedo for the planet, more reflectivity, block some of the sun, keep it from heating up. Venus's albedo is two and a half times that of Earth. That's why it's so bright. Two and a half times as reflective as Earth. Is Venus habitable? Obviously not. It's 900 degrees on the surface. But yet it has two and a half times the reflectivity. So apparently there's a little bit more to life on the planet than putting a reflective coating of toxic metals around it. But that's about as short as geoengineers' thinking is. And again, uh, aside from weather weapons and everything else they're using this for, this is the track we're on if we don't change course. And, and that's why the geoengineering, geoengineering issue is so important. Just want to illustrate a road that, you know, sometimes the road can look very long before you, but if there's any light at the end of that road, and we still have a little bit of light at the end of this road, but we don't have a lot of time. Sun's going down very quickly. I need help. I can't do this alone. I absolutely can't. I'm doing everything I can, but locally people are needed to organize and, and do certain things that could put us on the radar. If we had 300 people, for example, show up in front of the record searchlight and demand that they cover climate engineering, 
and that they cover a contamination issue that is beyond dispute in Shasta County, beyond dispute. There is a massive contamination issue. It appears directly related to these programs. It's not coming from China. We have CARB studies to prove that, California Resources Board, not that I have love for them, but, but they've proven this material is not coming from China. But we need people to be willing to spend a certain amount of time, people to help organize others to show up at a certain place at a certain time to help us put this on the radar. Because on our path right now, if they keep the water shut off, we're going to turn our spigots on this summer, nothing's going to come out. And they can keep it shut off as long as they want. It's going to take all of us in this battle. One tool you can use, and this is the last slide. There's a filmmaker named George Barnes. He's been here before. He's a good personal friend. He's made a film called Look Up. This is probably the single best film you can use to introduce people to the subject. And if you just refine the process, it's quite easy to invite people over. This, is a, this film's won six, eight awards already. We're going, I'm, going, I'm speaking in L.A. in February for another film festival. I think the film will win another award. It's, it's 45 minutes long. It's very professionally done, narrated by William Baldwin. If you have people over with a film like this and give them some data, DVDs, uh, flyers, it's a lot more credible than running out in the street and ranting and pointing at the sky, which doesn't work too well. When you have solid data to pass on, that works. If you arm yourself with tools, and if people can organize, and we have some very good organizers here with the, the Roposers and, and the other people that are in this community, this battle must be won. This battle must be won or all is lost. It's that simple. And if we all pull together, especially in this community where a lot of groundwork's been done, a lot of groundwork, and, and the local officials don't want to face this, and they've done their best to shrug this issue off, and I, I think there should be responsibility for that. But if we all link hands and hold them accountable and we get this on the radar in this county, it would make a difference around the globe. Well, I'm asking for help from everybody as far as raising awareness. And if we could just bring this to the light of day. Everybody asks, what do we do? How do we stop it? Legislation, petitions. If we organized and brought this to the light of day so that those participating know what they're participating in and everybody, everybody from every political stripe knows that they've been a lab rat and a test without their knowledge or consent, if we just got it to the light of day, you would see a shockwave around the globe from these programs. There's no greater crime in human history. I appreciate everyone coming tonight. I hope we'll all organize after this meeting. Instead of going home and fighting this issue off as something we've covered, I hope people pull together and that we address this issue. Because if we don't, we don't have tomorrow. We literally won't. Our time horizon is, is short if we don't deal with this soon. Thank you very much. Okay. There we go. <laughs> well, that's a, something to think about, folks. <clears throat> Andrew, I guess you, hopefully you're still there, sticking it out. Um, where do I go with this? Well, I don't agree with everything he said, but that's really not the point, really. I understand why he's trying every angle to wake people up for what's going on above our heads. Uh his last thing he said, the most important issue that we face, well, outside of God, yes, 
it seems to be that way. Now, <laughs> a lot of the flat earthers out there that I've been sharing with you this week to say that has to be the most important issue. <clears throat> Amazingly, the year of the flat earth, 2015. <clears throat> well, they're destroying the planet and focus on things other than what's right in front of our face. Um, yeah. Uh, the farthest thing goes about Venus, well, the matter is we, they've probably never been there. We've never seen a real picture of Venus. Um, probably can't trust anything with that goes. But if you use, can use it to scare some people, give them a the wake up, what the heck. Just know that <laughs> NASA is just full of crud. That full of lies and deception. So, um, yeah. It's clear that they are uh, manipulating the weather. Anybody that has any sense at all to them should see that, recognize that. It's nuts. Really worthy of debate. Um, now, the name of the video is called Geoengineering Weather Modification, Jet Stream Modification, and more. Came out, uh, looks like, uh, it was published February of last year. And uh, I haven't seen any break in it in my neck of the woods. It's still spraying us like cockroaches. Um, you know, if we're not willing as humanity to even stand up to what's right in front of our face, be honest about it, um, there is not much hope as far as in humanity. Another reason why to put your faith in, in Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that he is the answer. Um, put your faith in, uh, yeah, harp is real. If you, I don't know, you, you probably showed up a little late. Andrew, at the very beginning of it, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, from uh, last year as well, uh, uh, U.S. Air Force admitted that they used HARP. <laughs> They're still using it, looks like. So, <clears throat> so yeah, we have a little short clip, about six minutes about that. And, yeah, there's been fake snow for a long time. It's definitely the winters have been really weird the past three or four years. And uh, definitely as far as these, you know, the ice, the ice buildups and those ice storms, I hardly ever had those growing up in, in the past, even until a few years ago, but the past four years, it's like every winter we end up having an ice storm that lasts forever. <clears throat> it usually gets too cold here to really have ice storms. Um, yeah, well, what to do about all this? Well, we know what the answer is for those of us who are believers in Christ. <laughs> uh, I tell you, this whole thing about judo-Christianity should be called pseudo-Christianity, and sure enough, you know, it, it, once again, the Jesuits, I'm sure, are behind it all. They're the ones that control our education system. They're the one who gave us all this pseudoscience and uh, the heliocentric model of the solar, uh, uh, the solar system, um, et cetera, et cetera. 
kind of, you know, I, I, this is recompense. This is for the world rejecting God. And he allows these people, you know, this is what we got. And you look at Romans 1 once again. And, uh, my goodness, might as well, we'll see. We're going to start at this. We'll see Romans one we'll go there. We'll go one probably should read the whole thing, but. Sorry for the pause here. Let's see, 20. For visible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. I tell you, this geoengineering, geoengineering is a fine example of what a many, like singularity and the transhumanism and transvitism and. But became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like to corruptible man, to the birds, on four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. We changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creator more than the creator, excuse me, worshiped and served more the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change their the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman and burned in their lust one towards another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was met. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, uh, maliciousness, full of envy and murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, 
covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which committed such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Therefore thou art inexcusable, man, whosoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judges doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and in and impedent, I'm not saying that impenitent heart, treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness and indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also the Gentile, but glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of person of God. <clears throat> For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many who have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, hearts their conscience also bringing witness, or bearing witness, and their thoughts, the mean, while accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, behold, thou art called a Jew and restest in the law and makest thou thy boast of God and makest thou boast of God and knowest his will and approves, approvest 
the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law and are confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind. Light of them which are in darkness and instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hath hast the form of knowledge and the truth of the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself. Thou that preachest a man should not steal, doest thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonors the law, dishonors the the excuse me, thou God, excuse me. <laughs> For the name of God is blaspheming among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision barely profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if this uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision doest transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God." And that's what we've done, folks. We have abandoned God. We put our faith in men. I am not. Uh, I not have realized anything. I may not have realized anything. He talked about all days of Steve the same as what I told Walt. Okay. Well, um, the issue, folks, is that we've rejected God, put our faith in this Jesuitical, Freemasonic. Luciferian slash satanic system where we will play God. We put our faith in men, we've abandoned God. What happens when you abandon God? Well, you become a cripple bait. You become. Well, look at the society that we live in. We're actually witnessing it thanks to this Luciferian system of the television and this internet and everything else right before our eyes. 
man becoming debased, corrupted, self-absorbed, perversed, confused, full of murder and debate, deceit, whisperers, proud boasters, doers of evil things. Can anybody tell me that what we're witnessing in the sky is not something that's evil? If it was something benevolent, wouldn't they tell us it was such a wonderful thing and demonstrate it to us? The truth of the matter is we've abandoned our creator. We have abandoned God. He called it pseudo-Christianity. You should call it pseudo-Christianity. And it's interesting that reading in this Romans brings up both the Jews and the Gentiles. And we look at, once again, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court and the Supreme Court Justice. And what do we have? Six Roman Catholics and three Jews. Stealing, robbing, creating laws to deny the rights our God-given rights. And God is just handing it over to them because we abandon Him. And I say everyone. But let's face it, the majority of this world is majority of... You could say the United States all you want, but Belgium's the same way, and Japan's the same way, and uh, Russia's the same way, and China's the same way, and it's not about a country. It's about we men have abandoned God. We don't even know God. Most of us, look how long it took me to find God. Thanks to the public fool system... The altar, or Satan's altar, called the TV. His other, his other altar, the internet, is probably even worse. I mean, one's honest about it. We want an answer, but we want to be the answer, and we are not the answer. God's the answer. So this, you know, kudos to the man who. Did this video and has done all this work. Oh, I forgot his name already. And is exposing, you know, the geoengineering. And of course, got the geoengineeringwatch.org. Does uh, it Dane uh, Wig Wigington something like that? Gives another presentation. Yeah, Wigington. He didn't mention God at all. He mentioned. Things like there's too many people on the planet. When in reality, there's not too many people on the planet at all. No. People don't equate to infrastructure. There's not too many of us. It's how just absolutely wretched it is out there. How wretched we all are. But I'm a nice guy. I don't kill anybody. 
I don't cause problems. I try not to break the law, man's law. Truth of the matter is, none of us are good. None but one, and that's God. Jesus told us that, and it's the truth. I don't believe in God. Sure you don't. I don't believe in the God you believe in. Oh, well. You don't believe in God? You don't believe in the God that I believe in? Well, I was reading the same quote you were until I fell on my face and asked for some faith. Does it make me better than anybody else? Heck no. Absolutely not. No. Well, I guess we should just keep on talking about the Lord and hoping somebody will find him or listen that we'll grow in the Lord and faith in Jesus Christ what he's done from us, for us and not in our own works lest any man should boast, right? Well, you're a cop. You're copping out. No, I'm not copping out. I've already gone through down this road. I'm 47 years old. You know how many different organizations I've been in? You think I have faith in myself or you? <laughs> you think you're going to change a darn thing of what's happening? Heck no. Only a, the grace of God will change any of this. And only God's will. I'd get right with God if I were you. I'll get right with God. I'm not talking, of course, to you, Andrew. I'm talking to people in general. Okay. Yeah. You know, truth matter, that's the answer. I don't think there's a man-made answer. Look what man does. Every time man has an answer, what does it lead towards? Gets usurped by the psychopaths out there, the, the Satanists and the Luciferians, and then they end up using it as an opportunity to kill, destroy, to conquer, to exploit. They must have worms and demons in their brain. I just have no idea. Not like I could think the way they do, but they must be so demon possessed as beyond belief. <clears throat> I sound like a cop out? I don't know. You think you got the answer, do you? All the generations before you, they had the answer too, didn't they? Here we are. Pretending to go to the moon. Pretending to have an international space station. Can't figure out whether the Earth is round or flat. Poisoning the skies, poisoning each other, turning into a bunch of Perverts dreaming for the day of being some cyborg, the day to have your own personal robot, living under this usury system that where you can't buy or sell without the mark of the beast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, we're waiting for the magical card of the chip. Well, we may disagree on that one point, but my observation is that we're all under the system.
There has man, an average man in the United States of America can't own property. Doesn't really have truly control of his destiny. Well, it's a couple of creeps in Rome and in, and in Europe are doing it all. Making the decisions and all the little minions are under them. Do their bidding. And you and I just fought her, so I would get right with God. And I'm not talking about religion, man made religion. I'm not talking about joining the Roman Catholic Church or the Mormon Church or the Baptist Church, Methodist Church, any other church. You get right with God. fall on your face and they beg for mercy. The biblical historical antichrist is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's going to check on who's naughty or nice. And if you're a free-thinking individual who believes in God, you're one of the naughty ones. According to Satan's claws. Anyways, what a freaking mess. God bless you all. Tomorrow 1 p.m. Eastern. We got Greg Anthony. We should see what he has to say when we have to talk about September the 23rd, what's happening, what's going on, what can a man do? I don't want to waste my time anymore listening to Alex Jones, if I are you. <laughs> Not that I have done it for a few years now. Actually, I never was one of those guys that listened for very long. I listened about eight, six months at max, and it just made me sick. Sick to my stomach. It's clear the guy is just playing, playing me like a fiddle. But I, you get drawn into it, and you think, oh, man, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something here. And then another clue, another clue. Another clue. Yep. Anyways, God bless you.